The deputy mayor, who is currently basically the mayor, but official title still deputy mayor, Jennifer McKelvey is here. Nice to see you again. Thanks for coming into the studio. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for bringing my favorite bodyguard as well. Uh, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes golf buddy happens to be the mayor's bodyguard and chauffeur. So um, let's start with the fact, and I don't know if you have any special intelligence to offer, and you probably want to keep your fingers out of this, but we're, not, we're now up to 48 people running to effectively replace you. How do you feel about there being 48 people scrabbling to be the mayor of Toronto? Well, I think it's great for the city. It's great for democracy that we have so many uh, candidates that are interested in leading this wonderful city. Uh, of course, uh, I will have my favorite on election day. I am a voter like everybody else, but until then, I'm really important. I'm really happy that we're having important conversations about the city, uh, community safety, uh, and the things that are important to our residents. How is that going to feel? Do you think the day that somebody is elected? that you have to vacate the mayor's office and go back to being a city councillor? Well, I'm I'm looking forward to going back to what I always call my three things. My approach to City Hall has been you could spend 1% of your time on 100 things and never accomplish anything, or you could focus on three things. So I'll go back to my three things, which are the Climate Action Plan, our Ravine Strategy, and Scarborough Transit. Okay. What is the Ravine Strategy? I didn't know we had a Ravine Strategy. We have a Ravine Strategy. So the Ravine Strategy is looking at uh, the lands that are adjacent to those streams throughout the city. They're those north-south-west uh, corridors. And uh, the Ravine Strategy is looking at how we can connect them better and connect them better for people and connect them better for nature. And uh, we're looking to construct a 65-kilometer trail that will go from the Don Valley all the way out to the West End and loop around. It's a loop. So that's something that I've been working on. And in addition to that, we're working on the Meadowway Trail, which crosses several ravines and goes from the Don Valley out to the Rouge Park. So uh, I'm really excited about that trail network and uh, getting back to working on that full time. Do you have a view on this business of moving the, well, we keep saying moving the science center, like we're going to put it on the back of a truck. We're going to demolish the existing science center. We're going to build a new one at um, at Ontario Place. Do you have an opinion about that? Well, both properties, that's the Ontario Place property as well as the science center property have been neglected for years. Um, I think, you know, it's nice that we all want to be nostalgic, but they're not the vibrant places that they once were. And both are in need of significant investment. And I'm happy that we have a provincial government that wants to invest and wants to bring people back to to the Science Centre. Um, I think we're going to have important community discussions over the next few weeks. I'm committed to listening to that, to listening to the conversations with uh, my councillor colleagues as well. Uh, but we need to remember that it ultimately it's the province's land and right. it is the province's decision. And I think it's important that we look at what we can leverage so we can get something out of that. And that is a, a great park space down at the waterfront down there and, and uh, a 43-acre park. And how can we make that uh, a wonderful place for Toronto residents? So I think we can't lose sight of what's within our purview and our powers at the City of Toronto and really try to negotiate hard to, to get a good deal for us. You were on the microphones earlier this week talking about the city losing a riding. Do you think that Toronto risks being underrepresented? And I appreciate that anybody outside of Toronto is like, screw you, everybody hates Toronto. But at the same time, sorry, we're the biggest city. 
we are the biggest city and we contribute about 20% of the GDP to this country. Uh, we are a big city and as I have learned over the last few months, we are a big city with big problems and in need of big investment by the federal government. We need to have as many voices on Parliament Hill as we can that are fighting for investment for our operating of our great transit system and also for the operating of our shelters. Uh, we have added more than 3,000 shelter beds uh, over the last few years. That costs a lot of money to operate and uh, you know it is the right thing to do, but uh, the city has been footing the bill from it. It is not the type of thing that should be paid for from property taxes. It does need investment from both levels of government. And so I think it's important that we have as many MPs as possible on the Hill fighting for Toronto. Uh, speaking of shelter issues, uh, we're kind of changing the terms for warming shelters or warming centers, I think. What's happening there? Well, the warming centers, the report is coming through the Economic Development Committee this week. Um, Councillor Carroll has been fantastic about working through this process. What we are looking at doing is changing the threshold for when they will open. Right now, those centers have been opening at minus 15. We'd like to start opening them at minus 5 so that they'll be open more often for our most vulnerable residents and also operating one of them 24 hours a day, seven okay. days a week. Do we have the money for that? So we are asking, as we are with many things, we are asking for support from the other levels of government. We do have significant investment that the city is putting forward, but again, we do need some help. Uh, we have seen coming out of the pandemic that homelessness is on the rise and there was a responsibility of the federal government to help us with that. Okay, backyard chickens. You don't have a backyard chicken, do you? I do not. I have to say that this is my least favorite file at the city. <laughs> it okay. is like unbelievably polarizing. You have the pro, the pro, the pro hen lobby and you have the anti-hen lobby. Uh, there's not a lot of consensus between the, the two. Uh, I think what's important here is we have a recommendation from our chief medical officer of health. Uh, she has guided us well in the past and so we are smart to listen to her right now and she's saying right now is not the time to do that with the avian flu and other okay. considerations that are there. Now does somebody with a backyard chicken get to keep it? It's just no new chickens or how's this going to work? Correct. That's what's before us is the recommendation. Now don't forget this is a recommendation okay. so it has to go through committee and it has to go through council so um, the recommendations and uh, what we adopt are never final until they have that council approval but that is what's before us right now. I have a story in my file this morning about us adding more agents who will try to handle congestion in the downtown. What's that about? So this is great. We are going to have traffic agents out at the busiest intersections. So they are going to be helping to make sure that people don't get stuck in the intersection. That's something I also brought a motion forward to recently to increase fines for that. Keep transit flowing, uh, keep people moving. And this is really important because we have a lot of big construction projects happening for transit, including the Ontario line. Starting on May 1st, I do have bad bad news for, for the viewers here or the listeners here is that uh, starting Main first, we are going to have a closure on Queen Street between yeah. uh, Young and Victoria and between Young and Bay Street. And while Young Street will stay open, you know, there is going to be a lot of congestion in the area. So it is great that we are bringing back the traffic agents. Uh, we're going to have a total of 30 across the city. 14 have been trained right now and will be out the door soon. And uh, we'll be complementing that until we have the full 30 online with uh, some uh, Toronto police officers that will be helping out as well. So uh, uh, this is about getting transit flowing, getting people to where they need to go, and uh, also mitigating these big projects we have, the big developments, uh, big transit construction. We are a growing city. Uh, we know that, but we need to, to keep people going where they need to go. Okay, and um, there seems to be a target now that we want higher cars to be uh, electric vehicles by 2030. How practical is that? So, released today on the Infrastructure and Environment Committee 
is our fleet plan for the city of Toronto. So we are electrifying our fleet. Uh, we have some exciting things coming forward. We're going to have our first electric fire truck soon. We really? have an electric ferry. Uh, so we really are recognizing we need to be a leader. In the city of Toronto, we have uh, 60 electric buses right now. It was North America's largest fleet until Edmonton got 61. Like, thanks a lot, Edmonton, right? Uh, so uh, game on is what I say. So we, we're looking to expand our, our electric buses, but we also are asking residents to come along on this as well. So we are rolling out uh, EV charger stations. Uh, we are have great partnerships with um, Plug and Drive. And I just visited them, I think, a couple of weeks ago up in Vaughan. You can go out, you can drive an electric car, you can learn about the different plugs, you can learn how they work. But they are also offering programs to help uh, Uber drivers in ride uh, ride sharing programs. So they can go out there as well. They can test the cars. They can learn about it. But we need everybody to step up if we want to meet our ambitious goal to be net zero by 2040. We're talking with Jennifer McKelvey, the Deputy Mayor of Toronto. One last question for you. Um, some of the things we've been touching on this morning are about seeking funding from other governments. Are we exploring anything in the City of Toronto about revenue generating that doesn't involve Queen's Park and Ottawa? So we are. We'll have a report back on that in July. And we are looking at what are the revenue tools that are available to us under provincial law. Uh, but we're also going to ask then, what does a percentage point of uh, GST look like? What does a percentage point of income tax look like? And uh, I think we have to look at uh, that as well. But we would need to have legislative changes to enable things like that to happen in the city of Toronto. Um, but right now, don't forget that some of the things that um, would have been easy for us in the past, uh, for example, the vehicle registration tax, the yeah. province isn't doing that anymore. So that's not easy for us to do now either. So while that is a tool that's available, it's not implementable. So the July report is going to look at everything that is available, plus um, what we were not legislative able to do, but might want to look at. Good to see you again. Thanks for coming in studio. Thanks for having me. I'm turning into a morning person. There, well, excellent. Nice to hear. Um, that is Jennifer McKelvey, Deputy Mayor of the City of Toronto.